Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov, where we inspire, educate, and empower women of color to unapologetically transform into their most authentic and healthy selves by tapping into the goddess within. Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov. I'm Wendy Cherry, your host, and we are talking about one of my favorite topics. It's health and wellness. And so I'm honored to have Dr. Amen in the sanctuary with me today. Dr. Amen is a naturopathic doctor, homeopath, Chinese medicine practitioner, and an organic farmer. You got a lot going on there, Dr. Amen. So for more than 20 years, he has focused on energetic medicine and views the various modalities of homeopathy, herbs, acupuncture, food, and practices such as meditation as tools in helping patients balance energy and restore, obtain, and maintain optimal health, which is what we all need, which is what I know I want. Right. So welcome. Thank you for Welcome having Welcome to me. the sanctuary. All right. So Peace, everyone. Yeah, so we had a whole conversation before the conversation. So we're just going to double back and talk about some of the things um, that we want to highlight. And if you have any questions, please, please type them out in Facebook. Um, so let's just talk about how do you help people balance energy, restore, obtain, and maintain optimal health? I feel like there's nobody that I know who wouldn't want to know how to do that. Well, I think we we basically teach people how to help themselves through understanding energetics. And when I talk about energetics, today we're here to sort of demystify what energetics is. Because okay. it, it boils down to stuff that's really simple. Okay. All right? So, I mean, I guess the first thing that we need to deal with is what is health, right? So... To get to what that means uh, for anyone, we have to ask the basic question of who am I, right? right. Which is, am I the body? Am I the mind? Am I, uh, you know, my finances? All these things that we identify with. Right. And so in health, we understand that we're, we are spiritual beings coming into this world to have a physical experience. Okay. Uh, we are sparks of the divine coming to experience its creation. Right. right? So in that, it's a cyclical uh, process that goes on there, and we each have our unique experience. Right. So mm-hmm. we're born into a certain family, into a certain environment. And those things give us exactly what we need to live up to our to bring us to our purpose and live out that purpose okay. in the world. OK. So most of the way that we look at disease in the world is that we look at it as something really bad. Right. Yes. But if we're not living up to if we don't have that correct definition of who we are and we're living false definitions, meaning if we buy into the general uh, illusion of our society, which is that 
material gain gives us happiness. Right. 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 But the true story is that really we're here to to grow as a soul. Okay. Then diseases come up for us to to wake us up out of that 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 sleep that dream. Right. <laughs> I've so, experienced that, so I agree. Instead of us looking at a disease as something that we need to get away from or or uh, to to suppress, we want to look at our diseases as an opportunity to recognize that our energy is stuck in some way. But this disease that we have is an opportunity. It's okay. a wake-up call. And a lot of times, our symptoms are parts of our intuition that are trying to give us a message that we're not listening to. Right. So as a doctor, we really want to help them, people work through whatever they're going through instead of just getting rid of what they're going through. Right. So instead of like suppressing it, or giving a Band-Aid, so some kind of a pill or something, we want to kind of, you dig deeper into maybe why? So we know what the diagnosis is, then do you help them figure out the why? Right, I mean, so for everyone who comes in, you know, we're people with a disease, or a person with a disease, and with that disease comes our story, comes our experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I use that experience to help people, again, just work through the experience. But we're not the disease. What we end up doing is we say, I am, and then we say, my, or my, we claim stuff. My yeah. arthritis, my cancer, right. my this, my that. No. Right. I have a body, and my body's dealing with that, but that's not me. Do you understand? So that Good false identification can actually keep us in pain instead of helping us work through pain. And so in the bigger picture, I want to break down how I see things. So okay. and, and, and just Chinese medicine. So if we stick with a basic understanding that, you know, health is our energy is flowing freely. Our heart is connected with our mind, um, which means that we're living our purpose. Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. And if our energy can flow freely um, in that process, then we can bring energy into the present moment. We can bring our, we can become human beings because we live in a world where we're actually being, uh, uh, how can I say this? We're being uh, human doings. We end up, right. if we give into that material concept, which is based on productivity and efficiency, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then we come, we become human doings. So it's being versus doing. Right. So we're really human beings. Right. But we have to discover our beingness. And that's hard. And, and that's where practices like meditation, spirituality come in. But right. they're not, you know, spirit, true spirituality is living truth at the crossword. It's not sitting in a room quiet. It's what we do with what we get from meditation okay. in our interactions on a day-to-day -day basis. Okay. You understand? So the being versus doing is something that I'm learning. Right. Because I've been told all these years going through school and all these things that I've done is the efforting. Right. And I'm learning to shift my mind only in the last few years to learn that just go with the flow and I do my part and then let the rest unfold. Well, mm -hmm. it's a process. It's kind of like a musician, right? So right. when you first learn music, you learn, you know, basically how to read music, most of us. Right. Right. 
And then at some point, when you get proficient enough through your practice, you can get to the point where you can do improv, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then you, in order to do improv, you have to be able to hear music. You have to be able to see music. It's a whole different experience. But you move from effort to effortlessness. And so the goal of life is finding our purpose and moving in that purpose with effortlessness. Effortlessness. Right. Okay. So in Chinese medicine, basically, you know, so if health is the free flow of energy, then disease is stuck energy. So that that's a basic sort of definition. Health is a free flow of energy. Right. Okay. Then disease is 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 just stuck energy. So just, like, okay. you know, acupuncture and what I do with acupuncture with the needles is you know, you have a set of channels that are are related to different organs and when you any time there's pain or any kind of suffering, it's there's a pattern. We look at okay. things through through patterns, through syndromes and in those patterns and syndromes, somewhere down the line is some stuck energy. And mm-hmm. so the, the acupuncture needles basically help release that stuck energy. I can say the same with homeopathy. You can do the same with your diet, with herbs, with supplements. But the goal is really to move stuck energy. Okay. To free up your energy where it becomes dynamic again. Okay. And okay. so... So let's talk about energy. So the idea of qi or energy. In Chinese medicine, we get our qi from three different places. Uh, we have our, our basically what we call our jing, which is our prenatal qi. And that is the energy that we get from our genetics, from our parents. So if our parents had a long life, lived a relatively healthy lifestyle, then, you know, there's a lot of good chi there. Okay. If our parents had certain uh, um, tendencies, or maybe we have we inherited something uh, from our parents, a lot of times people have diseases that they don't work through all the way, mm-hmm. and then they end up having children children during that disease process. So those their weaknesses become our weaknesses. Right. Right. So we get both good energy and bad energy as a template from our parents. Right. So that's the first set of chi. The, the, the second uh, chi that we have is our environmental chi. And what, what that means is it's, it's you know, the, the neighborhood we're born into, the food that we take in, okay. um, you know, the music we listen to, mm-hmm. uh, the people we surround ourselves with. These things we can shift and change. But both the inherited chi and the environmental chi are finite, meaning if you're not. So the third level of chi is the, the energy that we get from living our purpose. Okay. It happens when the heart and the mind connect. Okay. When the heart and the mind connect. Right. Okay. But the heart and mind doesn't connect until yin and yang come into balance. Into balance. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So when yin and yang come into balance, then we can we can uh, we tap into that third source of chi, and that third source of chi is really what we've been talking about the, the the being. It's the energy that we get from living in the present moment. That's the energy that we can actually you know when you think of qigong and all these advanced sort of uh, practices, mm-hmm. it's it's it is not it's infinite. 
it's us tapping into the creator within ourselves. So, you know, in Christianity, it would be the concept of living thy will, not my will. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's tapping into something greater than us and bringing that into whatever we do. So that's what I mean by bringing our being into our doing. You understand? Okay. Which is really what we're here for. Right. Okay. So, um, so how do you bring yin and yang into balance? So can you just say what is yin? Yin is is the female aspect. So yin and yang are are the basics of Chinese medicine. So you ever see that that circle? Yeah, it's that circle with the black and white in the middle. With a little dot. You got a little in the middle of the white. You have a black dot, and mm-hmm. in the middle of the black, you have a white dot. So which is so the, yin the yin and the yang? Is the black? The black okay. is the unknown. It's the feminine. It's the part that we're all afraid of, right? Because we live in this <laughs> masculine-dominated world, and we've disempowered the, our the feminine within ourselves, yes. and it's the unknown. It's okay. it's the dark side. The dark side. But it's also part of duality in the sense that so yang is the masculine side okay so we can just say feminine is night masculine is day okay but you can't have day unless you have night unless you have night so that makes yin and yang oppositional but it also makes them interdependent Mm -hmm. do you understand Mm -hmm. and they're also mutually consuming meaning in when Yin gets longer, which is, you know, at the the winter solstice, we have long nights, the day gets shorter. Mm -hmm. At the summer solstice, we have the long days, and the nights get shorter. But they balance each other out throughout the season, and the two equinoxes are equal, right? Mm -hmm. And so our energy flows through that. And then yin and yang are also transformational in that out of winter comes spring. Out right. of spring comes summer. Right. Out of summer comes the fall. Right. And out of fall in Chinese medicine comes late fall. And so this, we, so you have this interaction, this of yin and yang. So you have chi, and then you have yin yang. And then when you come down to the physical level, how it's broken down is in terms of the five elements. Okay. Right? So it's how... Uh, yin and yang basically interact on these five elements and how our chi flows through that while this interaction takes place. Okay. So the five elements we have in Chinese medicine are wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. Yes. And in terms of life cycles, they correspond to birth, growth, maturation, death, and rebirth. Rebirth. Okay. Right? This is a natural cycle. Mm -hmm. So when you think of what is the biggest fear in our world right now, what do people suffer from the most? Come on, what part of this whole cycle? Um, It's death. Death, yeah. Everybody's afraid afraid of death. death, Yeah. Right? We've even changed our religio-philosophical system to say that when you get to this place, you either go up or down, (laughs) right? right? But that's not how it works in nature. Right. After winter comes the spring. Right. So if we understood that this is not an end, but something that transforms into something greater, then we lose that basic fear that we have. Well, I think part of it also is that we are 
moved, removed from natural cycles well, and but, we're trying to change. So I've, I've been giving this lecture to farmers, right? Okay. And it's easy for farmers because they understand, like, you know, the season's over. We have this downtime. We get right. to plan for the new year. Right. And then we get to, like, carry it out. Okay. Right? And so if you see that in nature as a natural process, then why doesn't it happen on all levels? In spirituality, we say, as above, so below. Mm -hmm. So these cycles that we're viewing, you know, when we attune ourselves to nature, we lose these fears. Do you understand? Right. Because we watch the leaves drop on the trees. Mm -hmm. Is the tree scared to death? Right. Right? (laughs) No. It knows that they're going to come back in the spring. Right. And so it's a basic process that when we allow ourselves to be in the moment and observe without prejudice that we start to lose some of these fears. So the five elements, right? So when we break it down in terms of energetics, we have wood, which in Chinese medicine is related to the organs, the liver, and the gallbladder, right? And the liver and the gallbladder govern the emotion of anger. And that Mm -hmm. emotion... um, and the flavor associated with the liver and the gallbladder is considered sour. So I want to. Okay. So liver chi stagnation in Chinese medicine, liver chi stagnation is sort of a basic pattern that we have in the industrial world because okay. what it represents is our liver is our ambition, right? It's mm-hmm. our drive. Mm-hmm. So if our drive is is sort of out of alignment with reality, then we always desire more than we have the energy to fulfill, right? Hmm. So our desires are always greater than our capacity. And so that in itself leaves a deficit. So liver chi stagnation is sort of one of the main, you know, anybody in the Western world walking through the door, almost we know like liver chi stagnation. Hmm. Because that's the programming that we get. That's the programming. We're in a consumer-driven society, which is... To always live beyond your means and want more than you have. You never be content with what you got. Always right. looking for more. Okay. Right? right? So we all in some way suffer from that. Right. So that makes, so, but, and then when our energy gets stagnated, we get frustration and frustration in the end turns to anger. This is the basic pattern of liver stagnation. Hmm. So fire is the emotion that is related to the heart into the small intestine. Okay. And so the the emotion is joy. Okay. Right? All right. And the the flavor that goes with that is actually bitter. And so seems <laughs> counterintuitive. Yes. Okay. But we'll we'll explain that and I'm gonna get to the flavors later. Okay. And how they really work. But one can ask like how how can joy injure somebody? Because in Chinese medicine, any of our emotions out of balance can lead to injury, right? Right. right. So I've known people who have used uh, joy in a very unhealthy way. I'm sure you've told people or been around people where you've told really serious things to and they, they laugh at you, right? Right. And we have to look at, at situations. If you take... Um, let's say, you know, black men in Jim Crow South, right? Mm-hmm. What's the biggest stereotype that people have of black people? Everybody has this fear of like the angry black person, angry black man, right? So in situations where you know the consequences of your anger, 
are is not going to be healthy then you develop other ways to express that so it's really anger but i'm gonna laugh Right. right so really it's almost like the your liver anger is overacting so the liver which is the wood is not supporting is overacting on the fire element do you okay. understand? So Does that then, have to do with like even people who are drinking a lot? I know that their liver and they're angry. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Okay. So liver okay. is related to that. But joy being out of balance is that that fire is is meaning the, the wood element is messing with the fire element. Okay. And so then it comes out as a disturbance. I laugh, but I really wanted to get angry, is what I'm trying <laughs> Do you understand? Right. yes. And so yes. this is how laughter can be unhealthy, because it's not proportional to the situation. Right. Right? And so then we have wood, I mean earth, so we have wood, fire, and now earth. Okay. Earth is related to the spleen and the stomach, okay. and it's related to the emotion of worry or anxiety. Right, which right? is why when you're worried, you get a, your stomach right. feels you feel a little... Right, you feel it in your stomach. Right. But, all your energy's in your brain because you're thinking, thinking about the situation. Right. Right. The situation ain't even happened yet because right. anxiety has to do with something that's going to come. It's not even here, but Being you're trying to like control the situation right. before it happens. That used to right? be me. Yes. So all your energy's in your mind, which means that nothing's in your stomach. So what's the problem with that? Well, the spleen and the stomach are do what? They transform the nutrients from the food that we take in into nutrients that your body can actually use. Okay. Right? So if you're worried all the time, it means your digestive process is not going to be very efficient. And so this is at the core of a lot of the, the um, uh, you know, like leaky gut syndrome, you know, people having issues where they're actually not absorbing the nutrients from the food or incomplete digestion. And then in that incomplete digestion, you have like protein complexes that your body then identifies in a negative way and your mm-hmm. immune system is reacting to and is the how you go from having a weak digestion into having all of these food allergies. Now, can I ask a question? Uh-huh. Parental, right? Yes. So I'm hearing the science about how you are in your mother's womb, however kind of she was, right. then it affects you. Right. So let's go back to the to 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 yin and yang and in relationship to what okay. you're saying. There. Okay. Because I, I skipped over that. So when we're in our mother's womb, basically babies are balls of yin energy. You you've been living in the water for nine months and you're coming out in that soft, tender yin energy. Yeah. Right? So in Chinese medicine, it is through fevers that the yang energy comes into being, right? Because the father can't give you a fever. <laughs> you understand? Mm-hmm. Like, but you have to bring your yang energy in. It's not until yin and yang come into balance mm-hmm. that you can get to number three, which is this, 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 uh, the the understanding of your purpose. Purpose. You right. understand? Yep. So it's kind of like, you know, it's almost like a, a sort of a you know, childhood fevers in Chinese medicine serve almost the same purpose as like Native American sweat lodges. Hmm. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because in the middle of that, we get the vision. In the middle of that delusion that was a fever came the dream that connects us to our purpose. Right? Yes. And so, but now, if, if we don't have childhood fevers, then how do we get 
bring forth the young? <laughs> well, for many of us, me included, it comes through addictions okay. and negative tendencies. We embrace these young type addictions. Okay. Right? Okay. And I tell people all the time, our addictions are really us seeking peace. It's us looking for peace through a substance. Okay. And the problem with that is that there's always a cost for whatever the substance. And the more toxic the substance, the greater the cost. Do you understand? Yes. And so, but sometimes if we don't get it, if society doesn't bring us to our purpose, and that's what's wrong with our society. We've lost, uh, one, a connection to a source in terms of um, identity, do you understand? Mm -hmm. In terms of like um, the black community in America is probably the most group, uh, acculturated group of people in the world. Right. Through the the process. Right. and so, but we've lost the construct. You know, we don't have a, a tribe and a group, you know, and, and we also have a philosophy that says that when you come out, you're, you're, you're innately bad and you want to adapt to the good. That doesn't exist in most other cultures in the world. Right. Do you understand? Right. They understand that children have a purpose and they have societal Rights of passages and they name them that for that things, bring right. you to your purpose. Right, rights of passages. Do you understand? Yes. So we met, we're missing out on those rights of passages. There's no like going out into the woods and slaying a lion and coming back and being like, "Hey, I'm I'm a man, I'm a now. man now. I'm a part <laughs> right. of the tribe." Right. You know, we do it through mostly uh, through through negative ways, mm-hmm. which are addictions. I mean, I'm sure there are many of us who don't have to go down the path of darkness to get to the light. Right. But the way that our society is set up, meaning it wants you to follow this consumer-driven, uh, and the, the, the drive in consumerism is to look and to, to confirm your identity from the outside. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Yeah. So you're yes. always looking... You know, and and I tell people being cool kills. <laughs> being <laughs> so cool because kills. in the okay. end, we're, being cool means we're looking uh, to the outside, outside. To, to affirm our identity. Right. right. Yes. Right. That's good for kids too. That's good for anybody. Right. And yeah. so if we understand that, no, we need to affirm our identity from the inside out. You understand? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that when we we um you know when I was dealing with addictions, I, I thought I had a willpower issue, right? And okay. I thought the answer to my addiction was that if I could just sit in front of a, a drink and have a superficial conversation with a young lady, that I would be normal. <laughs> and then I realized later on, I wasn't really made for superficial conversations. Okay. And so I, it was set up to lose to begin with, with yeah. that challenge to myself. Yes. You understand? Yes. And if I really looked at my true nature, then I understand like I'm here for a deeper purpose than that. And I stick to that. But how do you get there, though, Doctor? I mean, I mean, you sitting here, you it comes the path, <laughs> and then you got the nice, like, gray, like, wisdom hair, and you know, but it, but that how does comes the through living life. It comes okay. through living life, and and again, we'll get to sort of understanding energetics because, okay. yeah, there was a lot of pain and suffering in that. You know, yes. you asked about history, so how yeah. did I uh, get to to natural medicine? You know, I worked as a uh, uh, EMT intermediate. 
Okay. For the city of New Orleans from 1987 to 91. Okay. While I did my undergrad at Xavier University. Oh. So the... Um, and the and at the same time I was dealing with all these crazy addictions living mm-hmm. in New Orleans which is like a, a party town right right absolutely so it allowed me to what I got from that was I was working in this in this medical world where um, I got to see that it was a, you know even though a lot of the practitioners meant well mm-hmm. that the the in the larger scope of things like it was a lot of it was money driven and how we treated people had a, a component to it that Absolutely. had nothing to do with helping people get better correct and a lot to do with money yes. and that was both That's so from the trauma perspective you know this was back in 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 the days of uh, crack cocaine when the city was spinning out of control and the murder rate was right up there with the D.C. murder right. rate, right? So I'm going to work and it's all this excitement and I'm like saving lives and doing all this stuff, which really was rewarding. And at the same time, when I was off work, I was in the scene that was contributing to right. that same suffering. <laughs> right. So I call that the period where I was like chasing myself. Right. You understand okay. the, yep. the wounded healer. You're trying to yes. heal somebody, but really <laughs> you're contributing right. to, to the suffering. Yes. And on the, so on the medical end of that was, you know, we were going in and like sickle cell crisis or asthma attacks. Every time the weather changed, we almost could, know like who is going to call and you go in their house and you know there's a big glass of milk or some some like glow in the dark looking cookies and you're like saying you know after you understand you know like I wonder you know it it feels great when you give them that treatment that allows them to breathe again or you give the drugs that allow them to like get out of pain Mm -hmm. but at what point do we say hey man do you think them cookies you you're eating shift. have anything right. to do with the fact that you're having an asthma attack every time the weather changes? Right. So we never empower people. Right. And we always play this sort of, you know, hero and damsel in distress kind of thing. Okay. Which is what Western medicine does in right. the role of doctors. Like, right. I'm the hero. Who are you to question the hero? You're right. the damsel in distress. You right. need my help. Right. And so we play this game, and, and we play to it well. Like b- black and brown people, we play it well right. because we're taught to give our power. That what they say is it. But everybody does. And, I think it's a human extinct to, to give away your sort of power like that. Right. But yes, and we got thirty minutes. Makes it, it goes worse. so fast. Okay. okay. So let's. So we talked about Earth mm-hmm. and metal. So mm-hmm. metals next. And metal is related to the lung and the large intestine and it deals with the emotion of sadness. And the, the taste and the flavor associated with metal is is spicy or accurate, right? Okay. And and then there's there is water. So water has to do with the kidney and, and urinary bladder and it's associated with the energy of fear. Ah. And the flavor is salt, right? Mm-hmm. So how does this work in practice? Right. Um, you know, when I, I'll use, you know, a, a basic sort of, when people come in and they have a, um, an illness, mm-hmm. you know, so if it's liver stagnation, you know, they need sour. They need, you know, uh, things that really astringe and contain them. Mm-hmm. If they're dealing with a, a, a spleen deficiency, 
sweet is the flavor, but mm-hmm. it's not the sweet that we know. Right. We're just talking about introducing people to unprocessed food. So whole grains. Right. Okay. Um, you know, those things are sweet by nature in terms of food. Right. Um, if someone comes in and the idea of, of uh, you know, when you have a, a lung infection, what do you want to do? You want to get that out. Yeah. It's your body trying to get something out. So so spicy makes stuff, you know, you eat that, that hot stuff, it's going to open you up. Right? right. So spicy opens you up to the outside. So you, okay. you get it off. And then salt and what salt does for us is salt actually dissolves stuff. Okay. Um, so when you have like tumors, you mm-hmm. know, one mm-hmm. of the big things for like any kind of tumor is eating a whole bunch of seaweed because those things sort of dissolve tumors. So fibroids okay. and things like that. Okay. Um, you know, I've never heard salt that. is a flavor <clears throat> that okay. will help to, to get rid of that. Okay. And so, um, bitter, which is the, the energy of the heart helps things to descend and they help things to clear. So people look at like uh, when we look at food, like people like, you know, habaneros and really hot peppers, Mm -hmm. you know. But if you're an angry person, I know angry people who when they get angry or they're trying to get angry, they go out and eat spicy food so it can make them angry. So it's kind of like throwing fire on fire. Okay. And but if in, you know, and we tell people in our practice that cayenne pepper is really the only pepper that has a cooling effect okay when you eat jalapenos and habaneros and all them peppers that burn going in and burn and coming, burn out. coming out <laughs> then that's heat yeah. right so you're adding heat to the system mm-hmm. and so if you look at africa and india and you're like well how do these these people they eat all them hot peppers you know mm-hmm. one of the first things when you get a a a syndrome or uh, let's talk about hypertension. So okay. hypertension in Chinese medicine is mostly liver heat. You understand? Too yes. much heat in the liver channel. Okay. So we can say it's anger uncontrolled or anger suppressed. Mm-hmm. It has to go somewhere. If mm-hmm. you don't work through it, then it has to go somewhere. Okay. So then you get that liver heat. So why can Africans and Indians eat all that spicy food and not have issues with hypertension? It's right. because... They know the flavor of bitter, right? So they balance out all that spiciness with bitterness. Our taste buds are are damaged mm-hmm. because they put this artificial sweet in our food, yeah. and so we don't like bitter. Bitter right. is like no, no right. way. Sour, no, no way. Right. Right. Can the taste buds regenerate? So if they're taste damaged? buds do regenerate. Okay. So people just have to to get away from the you know all of this artificial stuff for for a little while. That's why we tell people like we do a detox diet and we tell people please try this for three weeks because three weeks is long enough for you to get away from all those things. And it's almost like you hit the reset button on your body. So when you go back after three weeks and you try to eat something that's bad for you, at that point, your body usually can let you know, like, nope. (laughs) Right. So now, do you have, like main things that you tell everybody to detox from or do you know so we look at your disease Mm -hmm. and the disease pattern Mm -hmm. right so and we put it in terms of the five elements okay so okay um you know you have fibroids right Mm -hmm. 
And so there's two ways that you can have fibroids. Fibroids can be from blood stagnation, mm -hmm. and blood stagnation can come from too much heat, mm -hmm. or it can come from phlegm stagnation. Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, when you take an approach to treating fibroids, like, oh, let's all just eat a raw foods diet. That'll, like, heal our fibroids. Well, if you have fibroids that are actually coming from phlegm and dampness, and you eat raw foods, raw foods are cold and damp. So right. if you're adding cold and damp on top of a cold, damp stagnation, then it's only going to create more blood stagnation. So right. the raw foods end up making your fibroids grow instead of heal. Right. And so that's why you want to understand the energetics of the situation. And there right. is no one. If someone is in an excessive state of liver heat and you give them raw foods, then their fibroids are going to get better. You understand? So, but that's excess. Most people are coming from deficiencies. So, right. Right. So we have to understand the dynamics. And this is where when you teach people energetics, they can take that. And it's very basic become, because it, it boils down to like foods. Yeah. You understand? And I look at herbs in the same way. So you can do herbs in the same way. Okay. I have a cough. Is the cough clear? Because that's a whole uh, different set of herbs than if you have a cough and you're coughing up yellow stuff. If mm. it's clear, it's cold. If it's yellow, it's heat. So we're looking at yin and yang and how the chi is flowing. And we're looking at how environmental factors like heat, mm -hmm. cold, mm -hmm. uh, dampness, summer heat, how all of these environmental influences are affecting those five elements. Okay. Do you understand? Yeah. Yeah. And so if there's too much phlegm, then how does that affect the, the spleen? Or how does the, the spleen contribute to the phlegm? And if you, you the spleen is weak, which is contributing to the phlegm stagnation, then how does that affect the liver and the flow of blood? So then you, you, start, to, you start thinking in terms of systems instead mm -hmm. of like, I got this rash and I just need to put this prednisone Sam. cream on there <laughs> right. and it's going to go away. Right. You know? Right. So if you got the rash, you know, from a natural medicine perspective, it's your skin. Your skin speak for your lungs and your lungs are connected to your colon. Mm. Mm -hmm. You understand lungs mm -hmm. and large intestines. So if you don't poop it out or breathe it out, then mm -hmm. it's going to come out through your skin. Okay. But that's still a healthy way to express a disease mm -hmm. versus that same disease being somewhere on your internal organ. So, you know, you have children and they go through treatment, and then if you put all these creams on them that suppress them, later on they can develop something like eczema. Yeah, I mean uh, asthma. So it goes from the skin into the lungs. Wow. So that's a reverse situation. So you want to vent stuff out instead of um, having it go in. Right. Wow. So that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And, and we could have, you know, this could, I'm giving you a basic overview yeah. of how we think in terms of energetics and right. what we do in terms of like helping people just so you don't have to know the whole system. You right. know, have to know how the system applies to you. Right. And I can take those same energetics and break them down from a, a Chinese medicine perspective, from an Ayurvedic perspective. You know, when somebody sits in front of me, I don't see five different people. Mm -hmm. At the end of our interview, I can give you... Uh, uh, well, most people come with a Western medicine diagnosis. Right. But I can at least think of a Western diagnosis 
I can come up with a Chinese medicine diagnosis. I can come up with a homeopathic remedy and an Ayurvedic diagnosis. So there's not five different people. It's just different tools or different that you're viewing something, different lenses that you're viewing something from. Question. Uh Uh-huh. If we're African descent, why are we connecting with Chinese medicine? I'm just asking. Because, okay, so I, I can say that because... There's no African system. If mm-hmm. you get into some traditional African cultures, I'm sure if you got into tribal medicine somewhere, it's the same basic dynamics. Okay. I know that. They, I just wanted yeah, to, they, to the, say it for the, the record. Because the Chinese medicine system is something that has been continuous. It hasn't mm-hmm. been broken. And I can even say about Chinese medicine that when, you know, the Tao is eternal. Okay. Right? It is bringing... These dynamics are... Us looking at the fact that there's a part of us that is eternal, so that's the whole idea of us bringing our spirit into into matter, right? right? The Tao is eternal, the external part's changing. So it's the idea of yin and yang, those are the laws of nature. Yin and yang and the five elements, those are the laws of nature. nature that's right. how nature works no matter where you go. Right. Now... In Chinese medicine, you know, the people who taught me Chinese medicine, they're looking at it like, you know, my, you know, my grandfather's 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 grandfather did this. And I'm this long lineage. And that's all good and dandy in traditional China. But how does that stuff work over here? In D.C., right. Right. How does it work? You know, and that's in terms of, you know, Chinese medicine is driving the extinction of, of rhinos, the extinction of, of bears, the extinction of all these kinds of animals. Because somewhere in Chinese medicine, somebody say a rhino horn is going to give you some special powers. Gotcha. Or, okay. Do you understand? Yeah. That's completely out of balance with nature. Gotcha. So you have to look at the, the unmovable and take this other stuff, which is, it's just like religion, right? You have spirituality and then you have religion. Religion, right. And so Chinese medicine, there's a lot of religion and we need to let go of that Mm -hmm. and apply the principles to the here and now. So ultimately we stop using Chinese herbs, but we stop using Chinese herbs when we understand how Western herbs work in the same way. Do you understand? So this herb is, is sweet in flavor and this will counter this you understand this herb is bitter and it's going to counter this so we start thinking with the philosophy but we apply it to um the the conditions that we're living in and that's what i was going to ask because i had an herbalist here right and she talked about the stuff that's native to you Right. Ultimately, that's what you want to use. Unfortunately, it's not always as convenient as that. It's more convenient for me to sit in my office in Tacoma Park and order stuff from China. (laughs) Right. I'll be honest. Right, right. You know, then for me to try to do everything myself. But that makes sense, though, which is that is like a true thing. Right. We're not talking about whether it's easy or not. We're talking about the native things that you are now in your environment could be better. Right. In some instances. Well, could be. I think once you understand the it's more sustainable. More sustainable. Because once you understand the energetics, you want to develop a system that works in your environment. Yes. In order for it to be sustainable, you have to get it to to work in your environment. Right. So now we talked a little bit before we started about how women, especially women of African descent, are sort of like in this cycle. And I know a lot of my listeners and people that I focus on are those women. Right. And you had a good perspective. Well, you know, we live in in 
if we look at the world, the bigger karma, right? In the bigger situation that we're living in, the masculine has, we've all, this Western uh, productivity and efficiency schedule that we're on, where time, which is something that's really artificial, we've mm-hmm. made it really real, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then we've put this this idea of your worth is dependent on your productivity and your efficiency, right? right. So the program I was telling, and, and so that leads to this masculine imbalance where we praise the masculine and we look at that as valuable, and then we we uh, denigrate the. The, the feminine. Okay. Right? Right. So how does that work in the average household? And I was telling you, like, you know, when I was growing up, my, my mom had, one, she had a different standard for my brothers mm-hmm. than, than, or for her boys than what she had for the girls. But the programming was basically like, you know, um, you need to look cute and and look nice so you can <laughs> right. get a man. Oh, God. But right. you need to be careful because you can't really trust men. So you also need to get your education so you never need a man. Yeah. And so the general (laughs) trend of society has us this this get your education, which is really you're developing a masculine aspect of your being Mm -hmm. through this the way that we educate ourselves. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. So instead of embracing your femininity, you embrace masculinity. And then so you go out, you get a job. Your job is like you get your promotion if you can be uh, productive and efficient. Mm-hmm. You go mm-hmm. up the chain and you help us grow mm-hmm. as a company. Mm-hmm. And so let's say that takes you from your 22 up until your 35. And the whole time you've been putting off your, 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 your childbearing instincts because you need to keep up with what's going on at work. Right. If I take nine months off or whatever to have this baby, then I come back. Might not have I a might job. never uh, get that raise or mm-hmm. even have a job. Right. right. So we put that off. But in the meantime, with this masculine urge that we have, we're throwing off all of our our, our feminine hormones. Right. Right. Because we are embracing masculine energy. Mm. And so if we we have to look at you know so when women come to me and they are trying to get pregnant i do a lot of like fertility work okay um then we have to look at like come to terms with like how much damage this cycle has had if you've embraced masculinity then you're embracing testosterone at the expense of your estrogen and your progesterone so how do we bring those up and bring this down so that you could actually embrace femininity and get pregnant right right? and so or even not have a hellacious menopause let's just go there okay which is really still another imbalance of yin and yang right right and so this is all these things need to be taken into account and they need to be balanced and i do it on individual level right we all have a different story yeah and our constitution is different so i keep it to an individual level which brings us now to the the dna uh yes so one component that i wanted to talk about was uh that i'm sort of new to is dna testing in, in my practice okay and so you, I'm sure, are familiar with the whole human um, um, genome, genome project, project. Mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I know you have a link to the sister who does the, the African ancestry. Mm-hmm. So in the healthcare world, what this has done is sort of revolutionized a 
you know, when I talked in the beginning about the the, the inherited chi, mm-hmm. so it gives us insight into our inherited chi. And when I said we have both good and bad, uh, the DNA testing can can reveal to us the, the good, mm-hmm. and it can also reveal to us the bad. Yes. And so through that testing, we can come up with really personalized regimens you know, a lot of people go out and they we read. So reading is like this Western mind and we, you know, like somebody gets a cancer diagnosis and then they go out and they like start Googling cancer and they come up with like 20 different supplements that they're going to take for their cancer. Right? right. It all sounds good. It sounds like it's all going to work. Right. And then you look and you're about to eat your dinner. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And. You know, you got to take 20 pills. Right. And so by the time you get done taking the pills, you don't even have an appetite to eat the food. Right. Right? Yeah. And so in the end, you don't have the appetite to eat the food, but what it means is you've put out your digestive fire. So that now Mm. it doesn't matter if you're eating whole foods organic. If you don't have a digestive fire, Mm -hmm. even that is going to turn into some toxin in your gut. Right. Do you understand? Yes. So... By doing this sort of genetic testing, it allows you, it gives you insight into a number of different factors that really sort of control your health. Okay. And it can pinpoint deficiencies that you might have that no one else has that might now contribute to a disease right. or contribute to a disease in the future. So or, it's a blood test. No, it's a saliva test, oh, just like the, the saliva uh, yeah. test that you do. Right. Okay. And so it can give you insight into your, your lipid metabolism, your bone health, um, like oxidative stress, your insulin sy- sensitivity, uh, how you might respond to certain foods. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you insight if you're a woman or mm-hmm. a male into how you might be processing different estrogens in your system. And so in the end, instead of taking the 20 supplements, if you do this kind of testing, maybe you only have to take two. So and is it cost prohibitive to normal people, you know, people I think like what, what do you think is the is the investment? There's always an investment when you're talking about health. Like does this testing is only I'd say for the patient is somewhere between three and four hundred dollars. It depends. It can That's go up depending on yeah, I mean, there's That's a lot huge. of this this nutritional testing that people do now that goes into thousands and thousands right. of dollars. Okay. So this is simple. It's not invasive. Yeah. And it can give you. And the other thing that to be concerned about with all the DNA testing is like, are they going to put me are into the gonna, system? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, are they, they going to like steal tag my me? Stuff. Right. Right. And uh, the answer, at least with this company that we've been working with, is no. They're actually, they don't, they have said that they will not contribute to that sort of general gene pool and your stuff stays secret, even though most times we just encourage people to like put a false name on it. Well, yeah, yeah. African Ancestry does the same thing. We don't, they don't do that. Okay. So have you taken the test for yourself? You said you were new to it. And so did you find anything about yourself? I did. So I was having some health issues and I'm... As a doctor. Yeah. I mean... We're in these bodies. And again, our disease is a wake up call. Yes. And so for me, I mean, I've I've been on a plant based diet for 30 years. Okay. And so it was a surprise when I started having joint pain. Okay. Okay. And and I did all the things that people do to like I was taking uh, curcumin. I was taking a bunch of flax oil. So 
when I did the genetic testing, what it showed for me was that I didn't have the enzyme to convert flax oil into the omega-3s and the DHAs that I actually needed. Right. Right? Right. And so I started taking a, a DHA from algae, okay. which is like the vegan DHA that's out there, and uh -huh. it actually helped with the, the pain. So that's one example where... I could have taken, you know, a, a, a bottle of flax oil every day and it right. would have done nothing for me. Right. Because you hear so, these things. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, there's insight that you can gain. And there's a lot, again, it's the overtaking of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff we don't need. Right. You know, or you even, need it for a little while and then you get back to balance and then you don't need it anymore. Right, right, right. exactly. Okay. So I had that same sort of like I'm thinking of... Um, Marketing is all about vegan and raw and whatever, right? right? So here I go, I'm raw. And I'm thinking <laughs> I'm doing something, right? right. I'm at the, the restaurant, like, I'll only eat this, whatever. Turn around, you know, I'm more vata. Yeah. So I'm not supposed to have raw. Right, right, exactly. And then it was like messing with my whole system. Yeah, vata and, is another, vata is spleen chi deficiency. Right. <laughs> so then the other thing is people are on the kick of intermittent fasting, intermittent right. fasting. Right. And so I fasted since I was 10, off and on for different reasons, right? right? But I became more strict with it because of listening. So, you know, getting my certification at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, they teach you to try everything for yourself to see what it feels like in your body. Because you can't throw everything at the wall at everybody because everybody's different, right. right? It's bio individuality. So I go and I am, you know, fasting since May till recently, and I realized, though my weight is the same, like right. I weigh the same exact that I've always weighed, I am 7% higher in fat right. because so, my body was starving. So it backfired on you. <laughs> right. <laughs> it backfired so on you. So that me. genetic testing can also give you insight into like diet from the perspective of like, is it a carbohydrate metabolism issue? Is it a lipid metabolism issue? Right. And in those cases, it could still be a plant-based diet. Okay. But the emphasis will be different in terms of the foods that you eat. Right. So that can help. Yes. I'm coming to get that test. Well, you can get the test, but I could also look at your tongue and pulse and tell you a lot of the same. So. Okay. Well, I'm coming for that, too. All right. So we have five minutes. What? Because it goes so fast. Great conversation. What can we tell, um, you know, people who are just learning this? Like, so Dr. Amin is in, tell them where right. you're. Right, so I'm, uh, our clinic is the Wisdom Path Healing Center. Um, and again, I'm a naturopathic doctor. I'm a Chinese medicine practitioner, which means I do Chinese herbs and I do acupuncture. Um, and I'm also a homeopath. So we didn't really talk about homeopathy, but homeopathy is really, its own sort of medicine. So that okay. we can save for a different, um, but Part it's, two. it's, yeah, it's energetic medicine. So okay. really we're treating patterns, right? And so when people come to see me, you know, we really try to address things from the bigger picture. You understand? Okay. Like if you have a disease and, you know, we can talk all the, you know, like we really need to get down to the basics of what it means to get you over your symptoms, but to yeah. work through the issues. Yes. If you're having gut issues, but you're ignoring your intuition and I just like get rid of your gut issues without you like 
understanding what the message was right. or the next time the symptoms come up for you to be able to see like, hey, maybe I shouldn't be in that place. Maybe I shouldn't be in that relationship. Maybe I shouldn't be in that job. Maybe right. then you're you're trying to help get me to help you. And those relationships turn into like codependent relationships, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you're not healing. You didn't get empowered from your disease. Right. You understand? So real health comes when people come in and I can help them work through their issues. And sometimes, yes, you have to do the, the Western medical procedures. You know, if you got a really intense cancer, the best thing might probably be to take it out. Mm-hmm. And then cut your losses mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. still change your lifestyle and mm-hmm. do all the healthy things. Mm-hmm. But if you try to just address it with just natural medicine, you might have to drop the body. And, you know, from the perspective <laughs> of rebirth, <laughs> that's not a bad thing, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. Do right. You understand? Okay. So we try to help people in whatever way we can to use both Western medicine and uh, you know, I help people try like, don't be afraid of Western medicine. Mm-hmm. Educate yourself. Right. And that way you know what this stuff is and you can use it appropriately, but you don't use it to suppress. You use it to actually help you grow. Right. You understand? And yes. that's the difference. You know, in Chinese medicine, they say no, no medicine or substance is really bad for you. Um, or it can be both good and bad for you depending on the quantity. Do you okay. understand? Something yeah. in a small amount might be healing, whereas if you take too much of it, it can kill you. Right. And yeah. so, and that's for a everything. little poison is still right. poison. Right. Okay. So there's the balance. So, so I'm at Wisdom Path Healing Center. Yes. And that's Tacoma Park, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And so my website is wisdompath.net. Mm-hmm. And then, um, our phone number is 301-891-2488. That's 301-891-2488. And, um, you know, I'm also a farmer, but, you know, and that's that's linking the food mm-hmm. and um, to our health. Yeah. If we're not in balance with the food, you know, I, I encourage people to either grow their food or know their farmer, but right. to realize the basic... Uh, healing properties of food and how to be connected with the source of that food is a healing experience. And so for me to, to have the experience of being able on a personal level to grow all the food that my family needs has been a beautiful thing. That's amazing. And so, um, but I encourage people to have some kind of connection with their food source. Know where your food is coming from. Because right. food right now is one of the biggest poisons that we're... It's the biggest... One of the biggest environmental factors that we are hurting ourselves with. Absolutely. And so if you change that, you don't... You can get away from a lot of drugs and, you know, you can really take control of a big part of your health if you just can sort of work control the food that you put in. And so instead of like complaining about your insurance plan, you should invest in the diet plan that works right. for you. Ah, I like that. I'm going to I'm going to post that as a quotable <laughs> from Dr. Amin. Well, thank you so much. All right, thank you for like, having me. Like there's so much to talk about, so I'm going to have to and have I you back ha- at some I point. I can come back. Thank okay. you. Okay. Well, thank you and we will see right. you again next time Peace in the everyone. sanctuary. Peace. for listening to The Sanctuary. Please follow us at Awaken and Heal on Instagram 
and on the web at goddess-awaken.com to follow the revolution.